Welcome in Marlins fans for episode seven of Swimming Upstream. And for today's pod, guys, we're going swimming with the sharks. Not just any sharks, though. My favorite kind of sharks, the Jupiter hammerheads. And to bring us up to speed regarding the goings-on in Jupiter, life during this unfortunately lost minor league season, plans for next season, and more, we have with us very special guest, one of my favorite people, one of the nicest guys to be around at a Hammerheads game or spring training game, if you can catch him. Usually a pretty busy guy. But if you can catch him, he's a great guy to talk to. It's Mr. Jamie Toole. He is the general manager of the Jupiter Hammerheads and the assistant general manager of Roger Dean's Chevrolet Stadium. So, Jamie, thank you so much. I know you're a busy man. You continue to be super busy. Even though there's no minor league season, you guys are always working. We'll get to that. First of all, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I, I hope to be busier soon. Uh, you know, <laughs> traditionally, we've been a lot busier at the stadium. Uh, we feels a little bit unique to have uh, this much time, but I think we're, we're trending in a positive direction. Gotcha, gotcha. Love to hear it. Uh, first off, uh, for those of us that don't know you, you're, you know, you're a behind-the-scenes guy. For those of us that are, you know, like me, who are always out at the Dean, whether it be spring training or Hammerheads, Cardinals, whatever it may be, we see you milling around, you're sizing up the ops, you know, just, just being that guy that's really there doing, you know, heading up the behind the scenes work, which is spectacularly done at Roger Dean. I'll get to that as well. So uh, just real quick, a quick recap of your career, um, your start in baseball and how did you get to where you're at? Yeah. So I started um, uh, with uh, the capital city bombers. I am from Columbia, South Carolina back in 1998. Uh, my, glamorous start was uh, the speed pitch. I ran the speed pitch at the uh, old Capital City Stadium uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, maybe the hottest place on the planet. Uh, you know, everyone in Florida says it's warm here, but Columbia was maybe the hottest summer I've ever had. Um, but I got into the business uh, just learning about the day-to-day -day operations uh, of minor leagues, and I just fell in love with it and loved the, the, all, the ballpark setting. You know, minor league baseball is just such a special thing. Um, so I've been doing it for, for quite a while. I had some stops in Salem, Virginia. I was a GM there for a couple of years. Uh, independent ball, uh, a couple stops there. Uh, Bridgeport Bluefish in the Atlantic League. And now here. So super excited. My primary role at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium is uh, revenue generation. I, I lead our sponsorship and our ticket sales uh, departments. And uh, my other responsibility is uh, working with, with the Marlins and the Hammerheads uh, on the Florida State League stuff. So uh, exciting time to be associated with the Marlins for sure. Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, so not only did I want to bring you on, you know, to talk about the baseball side of things, but also because, you know, that's like if, if I'm not at my house, I'm at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Like, you know, save maybe my trips to Jacksonville, which I try to go to once a year, and maybe one of the other affiliates I got out to New Orleans a couple times. But when I'm covering baseball, when I'm covering these Marlins prospects, 90% of the time, I'm with Jamie or Roger Dean. So I miss the heck out of him. I miss the heck out of his whole staff, Amanda, Sarah, Andrew, Diane, everybody at Roger Dean that does the behind-the-scenes work. These are all great people. It's, they're some of my favorite people to be around, as I already said. And moreover, it's just past doing Fish on the Farm and podcasting and everything. Even before I started doing this, it was just one of my favorite places to be. So – I've been to many places uh, in, in minor league baseball, some great stadiums, and there are some great places to watch this game. But I can honestly say, you know, Roger Dean's me, it never gets boring. It always holds its ambiance. And it's one of the best places for me to just go and catch a traditional baseball contest, right? Uh, you know, it doesn't have the same flashy attractions as some other minor league parks have. 
It's not in the middle of a skyline, you know, in a downtown city. It doesn't have, you know, a carnival as its backdrop. It doesn't have a lazy river like some parks do at the AAA level. Nothing against those things. I'm sure they're all great. You know, I've seen some of them. They are great. But what Roger Dean has that a lot of these other parks don't have, some of the more modern parks, I should say, even though Roger Dean is that old, right? But it holds that traditional baseball ambiance. Um, it's situated in one of the most peaceful little townships inside Palm Beach Gardens, for those of you who aren't locals, about 10 minutes, 15 minutes from the nearest beach, probably, right? You know, you can feel the sea breeze when you're sitting in the stands, some amazing restaurants and bars you can walk to after a game, before a game, whatever it may be. Playing surface, beautiful and maintained impeccably, especially considering not only the weather in Florida, the summers, the rain, everything else, right? But also the fact that there is a game on this playing surface basically every day of the minor league season. So that's a testament to uh, his head groundskeeper, Jamie's head groundskeeper, Jordan Treadway, um, and everybody else that does their job with him. Uh, another one of the people I mentioned, Sarah, she just won a very prestigious award back at the winter meetings. Um, you know, these people do it right. They do it correctly. Jamie has an incredible team around him. Um, so I first off want to thank him for providing our players and fans a fantastic place to watch this game. So Jamie, thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. But again, it's a, certainly a team effort and uh, we're super blessed to have two strong partners, uh, the, the Marlins and then of course the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, really that's sort of who deserves the credit here. What they've allowed us to do is put together a, a group of people that's really more like a family there. Uh, you know, you mentioned the field. Jordan is just the, Jordan Treadway is the best in the business, just super. And not only the main playing field, but the 13, you know, backfields. And um, it's just, it is a great atmosphere and just as fun as it's come watch a game is so fun to work there. And if, if there's anything that we've learned through this process is just how uh, fun and, and how cool it is to have that in, environment to work in and certainly missing it uh, right now. So hopefully we'll get back to that here soon in 2021. For sure, yeah. This kind of leads into my first question, you know, everything that we just said with the field usage, Jamie mentioned the backfields as well, um, which are also great. Um, I'm usually back there, more, especially during spring training, not more so in the stadium, you know, especially towards the, like, the beginning of spring training, I'm more so out on those backfields watching those young guys. But anyways, uh, for my first question, considering everything that we just said, um, you know, the fact that we also add in Again, the backfields, GCL, you know, there's, there's always something happening at, at Roger Dean Stadium during the course of a regular baseball season, right? Spring training, got the hammerheads, GCL, always something happening. So my question is simply here, how do you guys do it? Take us quickly through, you know, you kind of mentioned it already. It's a family-oriented uh, atmosphere. You got some great people. But take us through, during a regular minor league season, the day-to-day -day, uh, of Roger Dean. Well, it's certainly unique, um, you know, and this is uh... – I just am completing my third year here, and I don't know I've fully grasped <laughs> how we do it yet either. Uh, it's uh, We do a lot with a little. Our staff is about the size of a normal, um, I'd say, single-A or double-A staff, um, maybe a little a little larger on field maintenance and, and so forth. But we, we have it structured to where essentially we're one unit, uh, even though we operate uh, spring training for multiple teams, Cardinals and Marlins and then uh, operate the, uh, the Florida State League and the Gulf Coast League for both those two clubs as well. So we operate as really one unit. Um, during the minor league season, we do divide up some of the staff just for a scheduling perspective. Uh, so Andrew Seymour serves as the GM for Palm Beach Cardinals and I serve as the GM. Um, but it's, it's a team approach, you know, the, um, Jordan and his team 
cover everything with field maintenance. Walter Herrera and his team cover everything with building maintenance. And there's a lot of behind the scenes uh, workers that, that care about the place and really want Roger Dean to be special. And I think that's the true special part of it is the people that care. You know, you mentioned Diane and Sarah and Amanda, some of these folks that have been with us and just, they genuinely care about uh, the facility and the operation. And I think that's how we do it. Uh, along with uh, some scheduling and uh, we try to avoid burnout because you can get to the point where you're there a lot, uh, particularly in the, in the Florida state league season. Um, but it's good. You know, spring training is just such an exhilarating time. It's really two distinct uh, feelings that Roger Dean, you know, spring training where it's, you know, five, 6,000 people, major league players on the field. And then uh, that's 30 days of just straight, fun. Uh, the adrenaline just carries you for 30 straight days. Uh, and then you move into the Florida State League, and we don't draw as much per game for that. Um, but it, the baseball, to me, is so much more fun to me, just because there's these young uh, kids, I say kids, you now I'm getting older, uh, that are coming up, and you know, you don't know who is going to end up being you know, just like you, I'm a big fan of what you guys do. And just thank you so much for, you know, fish on the farm, which what you guys do is cover and you you're the bridge you give the information to people and you know being a fan I've loved that this past year I mean uh, I would follow you guys and whoever else that cover the Marlins try to figure out which hammerhead's making this uh, next debut that was so fun it was like I hope there's a way to capture that in future seasons because it was exhilarating to see that many young kids move up I know we'll talk about that later but you know at Roger Dean just have the people it's just like everything else um in this world, I believe people make things special, and, and this is the people that make Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium special. For sure, and we, we, we'd love to have you as not only a, uh, you know, somebody that we'd love to see out in the work environment, but also as a reader. That's great, right? So yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, you kind of already alluded to it, Jamie, my next question here. The biggest time of year for you guys, you know, we love, you know, the minor league season. You know, we love GCL. I love being out there for that, Hammerheads as well. But the biggest time for you guys, especially in terms of, you know, crowd capacity and, you know, planning probably, probably has to be spring training. And you already kind of, kind of mentioned that, um, you know, it's, it's a time of year that's, that's really special. Like when I go up there to catch a game, I always marvel at the fact that, you know, you go there for a Marlins and Cardinals game and there's just as many, if not more, Cardinals fans with Missouri license plates that make this trip down from Missouri to park in the parking lots and come get a peek at their team as there is Marlins fans, right? And that's, I think that's awesome. You know, some people may think that's a negative for the Marlins fan base, but I look at that and I'm like, wow, these people are making this trip to come here. This is a destination, right? They want to be here. They want to see their team. They want to see the future of their team, these young guys that come to spring training and stuff like that. So really, you've made spring training a destination, right, for these Cardinals, not only Marlins fans, but Cardinals fans as well. So uh, first question on this, and then I'll, I'll follow it up uh, with a short second uh, question. Uh, the process of putting together spring training for both players and fans from the end of minor league season, when those gates closed for fans, to when they open back up in regular season. You mentioned that this year you had a little bit more time. Of course, you didn't have the minor league season. But yeah. in the course of a regular season, uh, what goes into that planning? Well, a whole lot. It's, it's sort of a, a cycle over the course of the year in a traditional year. Uh, you know, obviously this is a non-traditional situation, but – Really, the first thing that we're looking for at, at uh, Roger Dean is the schedule release, some sort of idea of what the schedule looks like. And then, you know, we build our, our ticket packages. Um, we have a great partner, Delaware North, with the food and beverage. So the planning is really 
what are folks responding to? You know, what's happening sort of in the business uh, relative to many plans, for example? Is it, is it, you know, people traveling from out of state that they want a three-year game plan, a four-game, six-game? You know, what's sort of happening? We stay in touch with most all the other Florida State League venues for spring training just to sort of figure out what's working, best practices. You know, there's a lot of that. Um, but really, spring training is just such a special thing that Major League Baseball has. You know, they they bring everybody to, to Florida and Arizona, and the atmosphere is unlike anything. I Before I came to work here, I had actually never been to a spring training game. And I always describe it to people is it's uh, super relaxed, but it's Major League Baseball in a minor league venue. Uh, and it's so fun to see the interaction with the players and uh, just like you said, from, from from the trucks pulling up, and you know, just the whole process is is super fun, it's super cool to be associated with. And you know, planning wise for us, sort of, we, we're in a situation where we've been here for twenty years plus, and we kind of know what to expect. Um, I will tell you that Marlins' uh, success and their approach is exciting because you see the interest level starting to move in a really positive direction. You know, you referenced the split crowds and you know it's unique for the Marlins because I, they're probably the only team or one of few teams that travel north for spring training <laughs> so with the Cardinals fans you know I I think living in Miami weather-wise is a little more appealing folks from Missouri want to get down here and get out of that snow and they want to see you know, the Cardinal guys uh, out there at Roger and Chevrolet Stadium but uh Definitely I felt over the past couple of years this movement with Marlins fans and you see a lot of blue in the stadium these days, which is uh, which is exciting. It's it's kind of it's kind of an interesting um, you know, contrast too between the between the two organizations to where you have this Marlins club, which is, you know, trying to make a new identity and is kind of well on its way to doing that, I would say. Um, far ahead of schedule, of course, as we saw last season, right, in the majors. And then you have this Cardinals team that's kind of an established team that's getting a little older. You know, you got Yachty, you got guys like that that are yeah. right, guys, guys that are coming and going. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see that contrast flip in the future, right? It's where the Marlins are going to be start becoming that established, successful major league team. And the Cardinals, you know, they're going to have to rebuild their prospect pool. So, you know, maybe it's flips yeah. a little bit there. You know, it's going to be interesting. So you have definitely two sides of the coin and there's always something to see when you had a spring training game between the Martins and Cardinals or whoever it may be. So uh, it's, it's you're awesome. right. I, that's the great thing about baseball is you never know. I think that, uh, you know, I don't think many people would have predicted the success that the Marlins had this year. Um, but wow, they, they handle unique circumstances and, you know, arrived on the scene, I think earlier than most people would think, but you know, having seen what's come, the players that have come through Jupiter the last couple of years, it's not a surprise to us because it's it's fun to see that those guys come through, and it's it's not just one or two guys; it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it, it, back in the past, you know, uh, it, it past seasons at, at Roger Dean, you know, you pick out maybe you know two or three guys who you knew were going to be special, right? Now you got yeah. you know six, seven, eight guys on that bench. They were just like, wow. You know, that guy, that guy really stands out. So, yeah, I mean, awesome. Yeah. We love it. So, and there's more for us to do. So it gets busier for us too, but uh, <laughs> more of a chance to be out there watching. So it's great. Um, two more on the stadium for you here. Um, and this is really exciting news for you guys. I know you guys were really excited about this. Um, at the end of, I think, 2019, um, you guys got your grant approved um, by Palm Beach County um, for, I believe, something over $100 million for stadium improvements. Um, you know, so congratulations on that again. Um, and we know that with your expertise and everything that you guys have already done with the stadium, you guys built 
added onto the team store and you guys were doing all that other stuff, kind of rebuilt the concessions a little bit from what I've seen, stuff like that. You put the Tiki bar out in left field, you know, or the Tiki hut, you know, the Guanabana Tiki yeah. hut, which is awesome. Provides some much needed cover in those, uh, those, those dogging summer days from the heat, especially in spring training in the bleachers, which can get a little rough. So yeah, that's definitely cool to have. Um, but we know that you guys are going to, are going to do the right thing with those funds. So um, we asked you a little while ago, you trolled the hell out of me, to be honest with you. And you're like, oh yeah, we're going to put in a two-story bullpen. And I'm like, that sounds cool. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, it's going to be cool. You know, it's going to be, you give me all these details. So I literally went and tweeted this. And then Jamie comes back after I start getting reactions from Craig Mish and others in Marlins media, they're like, are you serious? Did he really say that? I'm like, yeah, he said that. I'm like, don't say that he said it, but he said that. And then it just turns out that, you know, he was just joking with me, which hat tip on that. It was hilarious. Anyways. Well, we have a good time. And, uh, you know, at Roger Dean too, we, we, we joke a little bit and have a good time with each other. <laughs> and, uh, that was a byproduct. We felt like you were a part of the family with the hammerheads at that point. So we mix. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm glad to be part of the family for sure. So uh, I'm not going to ask you, you know, anything that is, you know, not reported. What has been reported here um, is that there are plans, from what I've read, um, for a 360-degree concourse, right? So this, if it happens, you know, it's just a report, but if this happens, to me, that transforms the stadium completely. For those of you who have never been to Roger Dean Stadium, you walk into the stadium and you're at the bottom and there's a concourse at the bottom, and then there's stairs that go up into the seating bowl, and you have to come down to go to the concessions. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not a bad setup, but, you know, having that 360-degree field of view from the concourse of the field that a lot of these more modern parks have, St. Lucie just did it, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, a different dynamic, and it adds, like, a really, really, really solid fabric to the construction of a stadium. So that would be amazing. Um, you know, uh, really excited for that if it comes to fruition. Uh, so first off on that, Jamie, and then we'll follow up. Uh, you know, if, if that is in, in the groundwork, um, you can confirm or deny that. Uh, how are you feeling about the blueprints of it? Um, maybe some insight into how that may be shaping up. Well, the answer truly is I don't, I don't know exactly what that project will look like. Um, uh, certainly thankful to Palm Beach County and their commitment to, to not only the Cardinals and Marlins at Roger Dean, but also the Astros and Nationals uh, here in West Palm Beach. Uh, that's important for scheduling and logistics to have, you know, four teams here in Palm Beach County. So I think their commitment is to keep, uh, you know, the Marlins and Cardinals here similar to, to their relationship they have with the other stadium. Um, I, I did see some renderings. Uh, my boss, Mike Bauer, handles that mainly from the Roger Dean perspective, along with folks from the Cardinals and, and the Marlins. Uh, it's very exciting because uh, mainly, you know, the term the commitment uh, being here for, for a longer period of time. Uh, I personally would love to see uh, the 360 concourse concept. Uh, I don't know that that'll be in, you know, the ultimate uh, project, what will happen, you know, the, having been around some of these projects with other minor league stadiums, you know, it always starts out in one way and then ends up here, there. And right. I know there's a commitment on the baseball operations side to do some more modern uh, type projects, but I just would love the, the idea of a fan being able to catch a home run ball at Roger Dean. I think that's one thing that, you know, I would change, uh, but not too much uh, else uh, at Roger Dean, you know, that you mentioned Abacoa and you mentioned sort of that community, um, I don't know if I've ever been to a, a 
ballpark that's so placed. It sort of reminds me like the Mayberry of ballparks. It's right in perfect little setting. And uh, if you could catch a home run ball there, I think it would check all the boxes that I have uh, for, for the for Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. So it's very exciting to see the project. I think uh, ultimately it'll, it'll lead to some more group and social areas, as you, you know, likely know, uh, social networking and moving around is sort of a, a big trend in ballpark these days. So uh, I'm excited to see what happens, um, you know, but I'm super excited actually just to see the existing stadium full soon again. <laughs> right. Definitely. Yeah. Home run ball, Roger Dean stadium. That's, that's a, that's good. That's, that's going to be a rare. By, by the way, I actually, actually caught a home run ball uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, it was on the bounce. I'm not sure that counts, but actually walking back by the clubhouse. It was my, I think I tweeted about it. I posted it. It's my first home run ball that I ever caught. And I was, uh, as a fan, I was like, man, this is crazy. And I actually gave it to one of the kids who was celebrating his birthday at, uh, at Roger Dean on a Hammerheads game. But just wanted to, you, you can catch a home run ball just behind the wall. And it's not really as uh, glamorous as other venues. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's, that's a souvenir to be had. It would be awesome to be able to have a fan say you caught a home run ball at Roger Dean. It would be great. Um, uh, real quick, uh, again, uh, on reports that we've heard, again, not official. Um, you know, we've heard about possibly putting some attention into clubhouses. Um, these clubhouses, I've been inside of them, they're already fantastic. So to me, it's going to be super exciting if this happens for players, you know, to go not just at PBA, but to go above PBA, like, and to make this maybe like some of the nicest state-of-the-art clubhouses around. So, um, if, you know, if clubhouse, you know, uh, improvements do come to fruition, Jamie, how do you think players will react to that? Well, I think it's it's for the players, and I think they'll be receptive. Uh, you know, they, in the last 20 years, obviously, the game and how things are done have changed, nutrition, programming, and, you know, educational, the classes, you know, the um, that the Marlins do for their players. I, I like it because it's more of a total person development versus player development. You know, it, sometimes you hear player development, it's like, oh, we're going to work on his hitting or pitching or whatever the case may be, but it's really 100% of – person, you know, and developing uh, nutritional habits and the educational piece. And that's the exciting stuff that I like. I think it's more uh, uh, forward thinking than some other organizations are, are have in place. But, you know, it's, it's unique to see because to some degree, we're geographically locked. So you have to use the spaces uh, in, in a different way, which I, I think that'll be fun. And that's where I'm really unsure relative to what ends up happening long term. But I think it will definitely be um, state of the art and it'll be sort of uh, trailblazing with some of the things that are that are in play for the players and uh, I know they're gonna they're gonna love it. Awesome, totally excited for that see what happens with those renovations um, we're, we're really really excited already a great place it's gonna be even better <clears throat> we're super excited for that uh, so that's it for a stadium though this brings us uh, up to uh, your boys and uh, the guys that I love to watch the Jupiter Hammerheads um, you know, this is another, we don't know for sure yet kind of a thing here. Um, so we're not going to put an official label to it, but by trends that we've seen, um, you know, with the redrawing of affiliations, um, with some of the other Florida state league teams, the Mets, the Yankees, um, and a couple of others, it looks possible that the entire Florida state league will move from, uh, single advanced to single A. Um, this should not be viewed as a negative whatsoever. I think this would be a huge positive because, other than the new draft league, which is starting up, this is going to be the Hammerheads would be, and the GCL, of course, would be the first 
full length look at a prospect out of the draft. I think that is a huge plus, not only from a fans watching the game standpoint, but from a marketing standpoint, where you can say, hey, we got these guys right out of college. Come see them in their first big league games. I think that's awesome. So, yeah. And you can tell me whether you agree or not, Jamie. Um, you know, essentially with short season leagues gone, though, you know, it, it would mean that, you know, these guys come out of the draft and one of their first stops is going to be Jupiter and maybe even in Henry's uniform. So what do you think that would do for you? Um, and how would you go about, uh, you know, taking advantage of that from a marketing standpoint when it comes to the Henry's? Well, thankfully, during my time here, you know, we've uh, we've had just so, so much ta- many talented players come through. I, I don't expect that to change, you know, from the player development side. I, the answer is I don't really know that the change or the restructuring or shuffling of affiliation levels is is super significant to the fan, you know, from a marketing standpoint. I think what's exciting is knowing that you know, you're going to see guys like J.J. Bladé come through and, like, being able to come over to Roger Dean and see this kid. And what's ultimately exciting for a Marlins fan, from my perspective, is being able to see, you know, those, I again, call them kids, play for the Hammerheads. And then in this last year's case, not even a full year later, seeing them, you know, make their major league debut. You know, Braxton Garrett was one for me because he's just such a fun, you know, guy to be around and just – good dude to, to see him make his major league debut was really exciting um so i think if we're you know and i'm i'm like you people seem to think that we know a whole lot relative to this restructuring and, and the answer is we don't uh, it's we're just like everyone else we hear i assume at some point the cardinals and marlins will announce their affiliations and it'll be official we feel pretty good about our position relative to being major league owned by our two parent clubs uh, but if we're Class A in the Florida State League, that's great. I, I think our league is a great league, you know, proximity-wise, travel-wise, uh, the talent across the league as a whole. I think we're in great hands. Uh, our, our league president, Terry Reynolds, uh, just, I think the Florida State League is well-positioned. Um, Marketing-wise, I don't know that it changes too much other than you still, like to your point, you can see maybe the, the prospects a little – uh, quicker that that are, are drafted. It seems to me that Major League Baseball, I think, is doing a really good job of trying to be a part of all baseball, and that's a good thing. I think it's more of like the NFL approach. As a fan, speaking as a fan, I like that. I like the idea of embracing college baseball. I like the idea of the draft league. I just love the idea of them being more involved at all levels, and I do think if if the draft becomes a little bit um, you know, higher and a more of a marquee event, which I, I believe it will, seeing those players drafted and coming in to play for Jupiter is exciting, I think so. And Major League Baseball pushing the draft to the all-star break. So definitely going to make a little bit more of a spectacle out of it. That's awesome. It's going to be an interesting, this just to see how it all works out. You know, you've heard about several different scenarios relative to restructuring and then the draft, like you said, the draft moving. So, um I think there's just a lot of uncertainty around baseball, particularly in the minor league level. But, you know, I'm sort of in the camp of let's just see how it works out and and see, uh, you know, I I feel like there's going to be some really good things that come out of this. Yeah, basically you heard Jamie say it there. We just, right now, we just don't know. I mean, we can make our, you know, assumptions and we can say, you know, maybe this will happen and maybe this will happen. But ultimately right now we just don't know. But however it winds up, 
I know that the Dean and the Hammerheads are still going to be a destination and it's still going to be a great place to watch baseball. And I'll definitely be there. And I hope a lot of my listeners will be there with me. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So the next one we got for you here, uh, Jamie, is that uh, going back to last season before, you know, COVID happened and season got canceled or anything, we knew uh, from reports that we heard around that you guys were possibly set to use automated strike zones. Uh, at Roger Dean. So this was technology that was used in the Independent Atlantic League. Um, I believe the equipment was already in place in Roger Dean from things that I saw on the scoreboard and up in the press box and stuff like that. So, um, you know, are those plans, my question here, are those plans still in place for the Hammerheads and or Cardinals to take part in that trial? Or is that still just another wait and see? Well, I'm going to be the worst interview ever because I'm going to say I'm, I'm not totally sure. I do, I do believe there were some plans to implement that in some way during the Florida State League season. Um, I do not know if, how that will proceed. Um, you know, I, I think, to your point, the Atlantic League had some success um, with some of these features. They tried so many different things, and I, I worked in that league, so I followed it pretty closely. Um, the, the notion of stealing first base is interesting. Um, but with regard to the automated strike zone, the answer again is I, I do not know. I think that'll be a wait and see um, relative to what happened you know, in spring training, will Florida State League. I do think it would be fun for the Florida State League to be um, sort of a model of, of, for MLB to use some of these things. And maybe they'll do that with the draft league or some of these other leagues. And I actually think that's a fun part. You know, I know there's a lot of traditionalists who don't want anything to change about baseball. Um, but there's a new generation of consumers that want to, they want to capture their, their follow their team in a different way, capture their, uh, the way they watch, the way they view things, hear about their team in a totally different, different way. Right. So um, the fact that they're open to these changes and figuring out, um, I think is a good thing for baseball. And I hope we're part of it. I really do. I, I saw just like you, you know, was, you, you couldn't miss the structural change. So I, it was kind of like, well, what are, what are those things for? Okay. Well, uh, that's likely coming at some point. I just, I'm not sure of the specifics. Yeah. And uh, it's just some, with, with what happened this season, there's just so many uncertainties. So yeah, the, the, uh, the uncertainty continues, but uh, I, I think it will be awesome. I, you know, I, I, after watching the Marlins early this season, and the way that some of those games across the board, not just for the Marlins, right? But of course I'm watching Marlins games mostly. So to see some of the calls that happened where games are ended and teams are like every game mattered this year, right? And the Marlins lost games based off obvious errors. That's got to that's change. Yeah. I do like the human aspect in baseball. You know, I grew up with it. Um, my dad hates it. He's a traditionalist. He says umpires, no robots, no, no, no. I think it could be beneficial in this landscape. Well, in, in many cases, you know, at least the scenario I heard, you still have the umpire in place. It's just more of a, you know, communication. And in some, some cases that may, you know, relieve the burden of the ball strike situation for the umpires. I don't know. I, I will tell you the one rule that I thought for sure, and I don't consider myself a traditionalist by any stretch. Um, I'm sort of a what's more interesting for the game and, you know, because I'm a fan, you know, just like everybody else. I'm a fan of and I, I so much enjoyed watching the Marlins play this year. It was needed. You know, we were in a time where, you know, just knowing that the game was going to come on television was something to look forward to and, and not to think about what was going on around us. But uh, I, I really and, and a lot of people do not like this rule, but I love the uh, the runner on second base and in extra innings. And I, I thought I would not like that, but it it 
when they did that, I think we put that in play in 2019 in Jupiter. And it really created some excitement there and extra innings. And having worked in minor league baseball for a few years, I've seen my fair share of 16, 17 inning games. Um, but I thought from just a sure fan perspective, that was a fun thing. Now, I don't, I'm assuming it won't stay, you know, in, in major league baseball, but in the minor leagues, I, I think that's an exciting piece. And it'll be interesting to see how people and fans, you know, fans will tell you. That's the great thing about our game is you just ask people what they think and they'll tell you. And with social media, sometimes they, they tell you a lot. <laughs> Uh, but I but I did like that rule change since we were on the subject of you know rule changes and so forth. Yeah, DH is another one, so we'll also see what happens with uh, National League DH. You got split decision there too, right? You got some people say I love to see Jose Fernandez and Dontrell Willis hit. It was awesome to see pitchers go yard, see Bartolo Colon yeah. get up there and run the bases, and then you got others that say yeah, don't put the pitchers out. You need the DH. It's not a fair advantage. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I've sort of I'm same same as you. You know I. There's people that say both ways. I enjoyed the universal DH. I, I think particularly with as much, you know, uh, I guess interleague play or whatever they call it, it, it makes it a little bit more of an even uh, platform. But I, I liked it. I, I think the DH is a good thing. And, again, I've sort of progressed on that. Probably five years ago, I'd be like, no, nah, National League rules. That's the way baseball is meant to be played. But, uh, you know, the good news is, is uh, way, way above my pay grade, that stuff is going to be determined. And, and hopefully we'll all enjoy it. For sure, yeah. Uh I'm, I'm excited to see what kind of decisions are made. So uh, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see which route they go on all of those rule changes. Um, so, yeah, uh, we hit the stadium. We hit the hammerheads. Uh, and to close it out, Jamie, I have a quick fire round for you. A couple short answer questions. Just roll right through it. And then uh, we'll leave you to your uh, most important work. So uh, let's go here with uh, number one. Jamie Tool, favorite baseball player of all time and why? Oh, Dale Murphy. I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina, and TBS, and I always had the the, uh, the Braves and the Cubs on TV. And Dale Murphy and the and the Braves Baby Blues uh, was my guy. I just I loved everything about watching him play. And the day that he got traded, I thought was like the you know the end of the world. Uh, but uh, so 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 Dale Murphy. I still think he's a Hall of Famer, but that's my humble opinion as a Dale Murphy fan. <laughs> All right, number two. Favorite Marlins prospect you have gotten to see play during your tenure with the Marlins or before, um, and you know getting that chance to interact with them. Who's your Who's your Who's your guy here? Wow, there's there's just so many of them. I tell you, the fun part about being around these these uh, these kids and and these guys is they're just good guys and they're you know they're involved in the community. And what I, what I've seen in the past three years is I I don't know that I've ever been around a major league team that uh, has their guys more commended committed to being involved in the community, going places and doing things. And um, so I, I really enjoyed uh, Braxton Garrett. I thought he was just a fun guy. You know, we had a special night at the stadium where he uh, just missed a no-hitter. I'm not sure if you were there that night. I mean, I think he was like eight and two-thirds maybe or eight and a third. And um, our the guy, uh, Andrew Miller, who handles most of our social media videos, he, he wasn't there that night. So I actually went and interviewed Rags to myself, so I had, it was kind of a fun story, and he was just so so good about it, and uh, so 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 far he's won. But there's quite frankly, there's just so many. Um, yeah, we not only have really good players on the way to Miami, but really good human beings. Yeah, that's a hard question because I definitely agree with Jamie that you'll be hard pressed to find, you know, a guy on this Marlins team uh, and in the system really that isn't 
thrilled to talk to you, you know, wants to go out of their way to do what they can for the community. Um, and it, it, it's, it's special because it goes to that culture, right? You're not just building a baseball team. You're not just building, you know, guys to hand out contracts to and go see swing a bat and throw a ball. You're, you're paying guys to, to do work in the community for the lesser portion. So uh, we love that. And I think many, if not all of these guys in this Marlins system uh, are taking that upon themselves and really joining that culture of the club. So we love it. Uh, all right, round three uh, is a would you rather, all right? So would you rather dress up as Hamilton or Head during the dog days of summer or pull the tarp? Ooh, um, I would, uh, I, I, having been the mascot a few times earlier in my career, I would probably say pull the tarp. Uh, uh, the tarp pull is actually, in you know, my, my humble opinion, an underrated experience. Uh, I think that it's, there's so many good stories and not so much the actual pool because, you know, that part is not super fun, but it's the camaraderie of uh, the tarp pool conversations. I think that would be a great minor league book is the conversations that happen as you, you know, you're looking at your phone and monitoring the weather and talking to the umpires and there's so many good conversations that are held by the tarp. So I, I think I would go with uh, the tarp pool. I have, I have so many days out at Roger Dean too, where, you know, clouds, clouds are coming in, you're pulling up that radar, you're looking at the cells, the storm cells, and then during a rain delay, you're like, ah, hey, maybe we got a window here. You literally become like a mini meteorologist. And me as a, you know, a reporter of minor leagues, I can't imagine how Jamie, Jamie's probably like close to being a, 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 a professional meteorologist by now. Well, our, certainly our head groundskeeper, our team of guys are awesome. You know, they know, they, they, virtually it rains here almost every day so you're you're dodging it at some point and our fields are in good shape but that that's a certainly a game of chess that happens uh i'm looking forward to that i, I missed that this past uh summer so i'm actually looking forward to a tarp pull too and uh certainly save some battery life on my cell phone not looking at the weather apps for sure all right i got a couple more uh your favorite tradition or custom in minor league baseball that is not or that is not performed at roger dean and performed at a different stadium uh, tradition, I, I don't know if it's a tradition, but I love uh, when they, the stadiums, they get uh, the dogs involved where they, you know, they go take the, the basket of baseballs or they do the bat dog or run the bases. I, we, we had that in Myrtle Beach when I was there, and uh, I, I just always thought that was a cool thing to, I'm a dog lover, so I think that was a cool little tradition there's so many you know minor league baseball there's just so many traditions and fun things about the ballparks um i also love the uh, unique custom jersey uh stuff that the minor leagues do I, i'd like to see major league baseball do more of that i think the nba has done a nice job i think you probably see some of the heat jerseys i'm always like wow those are cool jerseys and that's a good look and so uh i'd say number one's the bat uh, the bat dogs and getting the dogs involved. And then number two would be some of the promotions on field, the new looks and so forth. Yeah, Greensboro Grasshoppers, ex-Marlins uh, affiliate at single A used to have a uh, bat dog. Uh, and I think they're part of the pirate system now or were up until this year. So uh, I think they've kept it. Yeah, TBD, right? They're like everybody. Who, yeah, who knows? <laughs> Not sure. Yeah, but the, the bat dog thing is definitely cool. And I, I have actually uh, a couple of uh, special jerseys from across minor league baseball, including the awesome Star Wars jersey that the Hammerheads did. Um, I actually yeah. have one of those that I won an auction. So uh, it's definitely cool. nice. different looks out. Uh, yeah, really, really cool. It brings, it's, it's more that fun factor 
brings that, you know, that minor league baseball fun factor into it. And it's all those, all those things are awesome. <laughs> Plus fan centric, you know, and, and that's the great thing about minor league baseball is they, you know, in the minor leagues, you, you don't have uh, the luxury of, of going out and getting fan, many fans that are fans of the kids on the field. Cause they're just unknown at this point. You have to get them invested in the stadium, the star Wars night or the inflatables for the kids and the jerseys. So we just try to tie in that, entertainment with other things that folks are interested in perfect for sure uh all right uh two more for you here jamie um it's on kim ang uh as a fellow gm of an affiliated baseball team uh, one quick word uh, and then maybe a follow-up explanation on how big of a hiring this is not just because she's female but because of how much she deserves it go ahead uh enormous i think it's amazing uh and and to be honest with you i'll speak more as a parent you know i have two daughters two sons and two daughters but I'm excited for the next generation of, of young girls. You know, I, I've been asked about this a couple of times. I haven't had a chance to meet her, but I'm certainly very aware and of her accomplished um, track record and excited to see what happens because you know, the Marlins are trending in a great direction. I just think it's awesome. Um, but I remember going to the winter meetings, my first baseball winter meetings, which oddly enough would have been this week. I think we may have been there now in Dallas. Um, maybe in the job interview area where I was at, I was trying to get my first job. Maybe there were a handful, six, eight, 10 um, women that were getting into the, to, uh, the business. This past year, I would say it was likely 50-50, maybe just shy. That's exciting. Um, you know, women deserve every part of every role in sports. You know, I, I'm excited to see it. I hope my, my youngest daughter is probably the most like me relative to being engaged in sports. And I would love to see her know that uh, the sky's the limit uh, to be involved in any sport uh, on or off the field. Yeah, Kim Ang's, Kim Ang's quote to that light was really great too. Um, if you can't see it, you can't be it, but now you can see it. So I really love that quote. Yeah. From him regarding I, it's awesome. It's, it's just, you know, and just, Another great thing about being a part of the Marlins. Definitely. All right. So I got one more for you here, Jamie, to close it out. Again, we're talking with Jamie Toole, uh, the general manager of the Hammerheads, the Jupiter Hammerheads, and the AGM of Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Uh, one last question here for you, uh, and then we'll let you go. Um, your feeling and how you think you will feel when the gates of Roger Dean finally reopen for fans Hopefully it's soon. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be uh, a feeling of appreciation, thankful, gratitude. I think gratitude is probably the word I would use. I uh, And just to be back with the people at the stadium, you know, the, to smell the hot dogs, see the beer flowing. Uh, I think, I don't think I ever took it for granted, but I certainly think I will appreciate that, you know, more than I had before. And then the people, you know, just, the ticket takers, the ushers, uh, the staff, uh, seasonal staff, everyone, that, that atmosphere is going to be awesome. So uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, there's nothing like it. You know, spring training baseball is just uh, awesome. So I encourage folks that have never been to spring training or have been to a limited number of games to, to come back to Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. And I think sooner rather than later, we're going to be back in, in that environment and packing that facility, and I'm looking forward to that part. Awesome. Well, as we said at the beginning, Jamie, uh, you're one of our favorite people to be around when we can catch you at, at the park, um, and, of course, one of our favorite people to talk to. I can't wait to see everything that you have planned for the Hammerheads come to fruition. I know it's going to be successful. Thank you so much for your work again and dedication to the future of the Marlins. 
Um, it is very, very much appreciated from fans and reporters and, you know, everybody who comes to visit your park have great things to say about it. So, uh, awesome. Really, really love it. Thank you so much for doing this with me today. Thank you for coming on uh, and providing, most of all, providing a quality baseball environment for fans and players alike. It's, it's, it's really great. Uh, the work you and your team do, absolutely admirable. So thank you again. Yeah, thank you for having me. And again, thank you for all that you guys do covering the, the minor leagues. Uh, I know it can be a uh, interesting uh, experiences on the backfield. You mentioned your, your routine on the backfield and it's not a very cool uh, summer out around Roger Dean, but uh, you know, I think that's the exciting part of having folks like you guys cover what's happening and the future, what's to come. That's exciting for a fan. So thank you for what you guys do. And uh, we're, we've certainly seen it with the hammerheads and looking forward to this next year. And uh, that's, that's another fun thing is getting the roster, you know, getting the roster each year of that first draft of the minor league roster. That's a fun, fun moment behind the scenes. Oh, look who we got. We got this guy. We got this guy. So that's super exhilarating too. So looking forward to hosting you back out at the ballpark. And again, appreciate all that you do. Awesome. That's Jamie Tool, guys, GM of the Jupiter Hammerheads, AGM, Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. We thank Jamie again for his time. We know it is extremely valuable. His insight today, all great things. As we said, guys, you would be hard-pressed to find a better person. Knowing the dedication of Jamie and his entire squad, we are definitely 100% certain that both spring training and MILB at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium will not only continue to be successful, but will continue to improve and provide both fans and players with first-class experience. That's going to do it here. We thank Jamie Tool again for his time for Episode 7 of Swimming Upstream, and we will see you guys next time.